Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome to Sakunisuke, hosted by me, Johnny Sifa. This is the Celebrity Mental Health Podcast, or I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same match as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Sakunisuke, where you're listening or watching at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. My guest day lasted two weeks in the world's most famous house before being the second person to be evicted on Big Brother. A model and now reality star influencer, I'm delighted to welcome to Sakuninsko. It's Big Brother's 2023 contestant, it's Zach. Hello, Zach. How are you doing, guys? Zach here from Manchester. How you all doing? You all right? Is that what we're calling yourself? Zach from Manchester? Yeah, Zach from Manchester. Or is that from Thailand? <laughs> well, well, this is it. We're going to get straight into it. So let's go straight through. Let's go back to Thailand. You were age nine when you moved over here. So talk to me about the first nine years of your life. Your mum is Thai. Your dad's from Laos. So two completely different cultures. How did that all work for you, Zach, and your upbringing? Initially, growing up in Thailand, my dad was quite on like, the wealthy side. My mum was on like the poor side. Um, the poor didn't really get on with the rich too much. So it was difficult for my mum and my dad's family to get along with each other. So my dad's side of the family hated my mum's family because it's just how it was. The rich just didn't like the poor. Growing up, my mum eventually had the courage to leave my dad. And then I was staying with my dad and then staying with my mum, staying with my auntie. So I got juggled around quite a lot as a little kid growing up. Around about age of like eight or nine, my mum, she met my little brother's dad, which is an English fella in Thailand while she was working at one of the bars or waiters. As a waiter somewhere in a restaurant somewhere, I'm not sure for the like you know the full details of it so eventually my mum you know she got with him for a bit then you know they got married together in thailand like a couple of years down the line unfortunately my dad passed away he passed away just before i turned age of nine or ten and then i was staying in my auntie's house for a bit who was in thailand and then you know my auntie she was quite poor after my dad passed away unfortunately my dad's side of the family didn't really want to have much to do with me so it was more like Anyone in Thailand who could take care of me would take care of me, whether that was my auntie, my uncle, or whatever. And then shortly after about six months of living with my auntie, my auntie just basically said to my mum, listen, you know, I've got my own kids to look after. I can't really afford to look after Zach. She didn't have much money. She was feeling unwell. And then my mum went back to Thailand and got me and brought me over to the UK. So that's when I came to England. So let's break that down a little bit more, Zach, for your fans. In those nine years, when your mum and dad weren't getting on, the families hated each other, what was your sense of belonging and your identity when you were going, well, hold on a minute, I love my mum and I love my dad. Yes, my dad's made mistakes, but 
I love them equally. It's unconditional love. And yet they don't want me and I don't want me. And like, who am I? Does anyone actually want me? It was the difficult time, you know, as a little kid, Johnny, um, I'll be straight up with you. I was always one of those kids who kept myself to myself. I went through a lot when I was younger. You know, I got bit up by a Rottweiler. I almost died. I got run over by a car. I almost died. Um, there's many times where, you know, I escaped death, believe it or not, as a little kid, but I didn't really talk about it too much during... But what was uh, that what Wyler experience for you? So I was, I was like three, four years old. My next door neighbour, because I've had puppies. Me being, a, you know, I was, I was one of those kids. I was always curious. I was always like, you know, everything's friendly. Everyone's friendly. I actually walked over to this uh, um, puppy and I started picking the puppies up, started playing with them. And then the mother, she was out, I don't know, looking for food, doing whatever. She's then came back. She seen me playing with the puppies. Boom. She's then launched herself and grabbed me by the head. I started yanking me all over the place, left, right, and center. My mum, other people around the village tried to come to split up the dog and they managed to split the dog up. You know, my mum's grabbed me. She picked me up. I was covered in blood. My mum said, all that time, you still weren't even crying. And you just sat there, blood is dripping down your face. Then Drew drove down to the local hospital because where we lived in our village, they didn't have many facilities or have, you know, like professional doctors or had the, um, the equipment to give me the right i don't know procedures to take care of me so there's like listen the operation is going to be too big we're so sorry we can't do it you have to take him to a bigger hospital and um, but you need to get him there as soon as possible because if he loses any more blood he could potentially die they then drove me to the major city in the village towards like you know the city center um towards the big cities of thailand we managed to get to the hospital in time my mom didn't have the money to get operation done when she did a few calls she sold some stuff back at home the operation cost her pretty much everything she owed everything she had she then got the operation, you know, stitched me up and that. They said, you know, if you would have came, you know, a couple of hours later, you probably would have lost him. So, yeah, that was like a uh, one of those stories. And, you know, a few weeks down the line, my mum said, you know, Zach, you need to be careful. You can't just do silly things like that. You're always love hurting yourself. The world is full of danger. But I was always one of those child and little kids like, you know, there's no danger in this world. Everything's sweet. Everything's nice. That's why I always believed in. A few weeks down the line, she says to me, son, <laughs> Believe it or not, she, she said, what's your favorite number between one and 100? I don't know what number I said. I think I might say 68 or 86. And then, you know, she put her last bit of savings into that in the lottery. That number came back the week later. She won the lottery, which weren't a lot of money. But where we grew up, it's quite, it quite a bit of money. And, you know, all the stuff she sold for me to get an operation, which was like a bit of her land, parts of her the stuff she owed. She managed to buy everything back, <laughs> which was a, um, a really great, great turnaround. And what about the car experience? <laughs> So as a little kid, yeah, I'd always had this one toy car. I've actually got a picture of it on my phone. You know, I always played with it. I carried it about with me everywhere I went. And I was playing in the middle of the road and, you know, this motorbike come round this corner. It must have been going about 60, 70 miles per hour. It's hit me. I've gone into the air. I've come down. My mum said, like, you had cuts on your arms. You had cuts on the side of your face. Your blood was dripping. She said, you just literally walked back to your car. I mean, walked back to your toy car and picked it up and carried on playing with it while his blood was dripping down you. And you didn't pay attention to the pain you was having. <laughs> oh, mate. And looking now at, you're 28 years old now, you're nearly 30, which is kind of like a third of your life done. I turned 30 last year, I'm 31 next yeah, week. Yeah. And so when you look back at that younger version of you now, Zach, do you think, oh, I now want to know my father's side of the family. I want to go back to Thailand and actually discover who they all are. I always believe in, you know, if they wanted to be a part of me, they wanted to understand where I am and what I was doing, they'd always be in contact with me. And my mom told me, like, they didn't want nothing to do with me. It, not, I'm not, not in a bitter way, but I'm just thinking, like, you know, you had the opportunity to take care of me. You had an opportunity to be, be there for me when I needed you, and you wasn't. So why should I 
bother understanding why you did that. Like it's one of those things you don't want to be there for me. So I could just I just thought, you know, I don't really want to be there for you, sort of thing. Um believe it or not, we'll go into it later on, but they reached out to me a um a few years ago when they see me on Thai news just to say hello and all that and how proud they are of me. What do you think they would say to you now, now that you've done Big Brother? Because it's one thing being on the news, but there's another thing actually showing a vulnerable side of your own Big Brother. The thing is, in, in where they come from and their culture, you know, they don't really understand what Big Brother is. To me, that's just me being on TV. They don't really have the concepts of reality TV in Thailand of Big Brother. Their sort of stuff is kind of different. So I'm not sure if they'll know I've been on there. Like I said, that's how much attention they pay to me. They probably won't have a clue what I've done or what I've been on. So I don't think it'll make a difference to them. A few years ago, I did a campaign for Burberry. Um, you know, because I've come from a small little village of northeast in Thailand. The people with darker skin, they don't really get fire in life because a lot of the people in Thailand, if you've got dark skin, they class you as a, a hard-working farmer. And if you've got lighter skin, you're classed as a high-end corporate office worker. So if you're the darker the skin, the poorer you are and the less opportunities you get. And that's what people believed in Thailand. So, you know, me, I, I've stayed true to myself. You know, I'm quite dark for a Thai person. After I'd done that campaign, it was on, you know, the Thai BBC News, the Thai ITV. It was all over. It's printed all over the magazine. It was printed all over GQ, Vogue in Thailand, saying this guy's from the northeast. He's from a little small village. Because I said, you don't need to bleach your skin. You don't need to take opportunities regarding where you're from in life and what you look like and what color skin you are. So you just need to do it. And it blew up. And, you know, I think Miss Thailand, she saw the article and she saw that, what I wrote and then she published it to, like, the whole world in Thailand and that's when I blew up and then one of my dad's brother he actually contacted me saying oh my god I can't believe it we've seen you on all over Thai TV I just want to say congratulations and um, we're also proud of you if you ever want to speak you know where we are and all this but then I just thought like you didn't really bother checking up on me when I weren't doing anything or when I you know wasn't all over the news and you know now you see me on the news I'm doing something with myself now you're trying to get in touch with me I don't get why that is do you know what I mean? So I just thought, you know what, I let it rest and just let it be. And can I just ask you, you said bleaching skin. What What is that? Oh, a lot of people in foreign countries, not just in Thailand, in a lot of Asia culture, they like to put like white powder on their face. They like to bleach their skin. It's like a thing they use and they do it over and over and over again. And it makes your face lighter. So a lot of people do that. So it makes like, you know, people look at them, not like, oh, you're a poor person. You're from the village, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, so at the moment, I'm just trying to, run not a campaign sort of thing but i'm just trying to let the world know or let my people know in thailand like you don't need to do all that sort of stuff to have the same opportunities as everybody else so you know it's, it's quite hard to try and break that stereotype because everybody's just trying to look pale because the more pale you look the richer you, you look catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So you come over to the United Kingdom, age nine, ten years old, forgetting about primary school because you're still trying to get used to the language and everything like that. As you go into secondary school, where you aren't high class and you're not lower class, you're in the middle now. Yeah. How did you find settling into school and that sense of identity? Who were you in school? Because when I look at models, and I speak to a lot of Love Islanders, for example, yeah, yeah. and all the Love Islanders, they're always you know the good looking ones, and they were the popular ones in school. When I look at you and I see a model good looking, has been on Big Brother, I would think confident and all that stuff. But what was it actually like for you back then when we're talking about 20 years ago nearly? Believe it or not, mate, I had a really, really tough time in school. You know, going into school, my mum was like, just keep your head down, don't get into fights, don't do anything stupid because they'll send you back to Thailand and I can't afford to lose you. I'm the only person you've got and I'll take care of you. Going back a few years as well in Thailand before I just come to the UK just to understand why, you know, I talk about my mum so much, I love her so much. There were times where my mum would, carrying me about around Thailand in her hands, just carrying from job to job while she was waitering, while she was mopping the floors, while she was, you know, working in the front desk and the counter at a restaurant. She must have worked out like three, four jobs just to keep the food on the table for me. There were times when I'm, you know, I'm looking at mum, like, I'm hungry mum, you know, she's got no money to feed me. And then, you know, she managed to, you know, pull out a couple of pennies and, you know, she'll go buy food and she's hungry. She'll give me her last bit of food and be like, you eat son, I don't need to eat, don't worry about me. Like, I'll be okay. And, you know, it's, that's why I respect my mum so much. So going back to England when I was like, you know, in school, my mum just said, keep your head down, you know, just focus on school, try to listen. And for the first few days in school, I was like, mum, like, I don't really have a clue what they're talking about. I don't really have a clue what's been taught or what's been said. I don't have a knowledge or any kind of wisdom of what they're talking about because I don't understand English. Try and just keep trying, just keep listening. And then eventually they managed to actually get like a supply teacher in for me, which, you know, was like a tattered translator. She then, you know, stayed with me for like a few months. I think it must have cost the school a bit of money. So they were struggling to keep her there. But, you know, she tried to taught me the basics of like my ABCs, my one, two, threes, all the simple things like the sun, the star, hi, hello, goodbye. So I started to learn the basics of it in school. No one wanted to be my friend, which was quite tough. Every single dinner time, the kids would be like, you know, you can't sit with us. You're not from England. I was a really good footballer in Thailand. And, you know, football is one of the things I was quite passionate about growing up as a kid. And I always wanted to play football. And all the kids in school would play football. And I'd be like, oh, can I play? They'd be like, oh, no, you can't play with us. You know, you're not from England. I came home to my mum and said to my mum one day, I was like, mum, no one in school wants to be my friend or play with me. Um, what shall I do? She went, oh, you'll, you'll be okay. Just, you know, just keep your head down. And, and the more I spent time with myself in school, there was this one girl 
and well, there's two girls actually who actually quite made the effort with me, which I still have contact with. They would always sit with me at dinner time. They would always play TIG with me. And, you know, they would always try to play football with me. So I, I'd always remember them two. The names were Bianca and Chloe. They were the two girls who would play with me in school, which was really nice. When you think about those experiences and you look back at it now, how do you feel about how much you've achieved? Because you've achieved so much. And, you know, being a model and having that independency as well, is that resilience that you've built up for yourself. Do you notice how much resilient you are? Yeah, like it's just one of those things, you know, like a lot of people who don't know me or know where I'm from, they just kind of, you know, take the first glance and be like, oh, okay, he's a model. He thinks he's this, he thinks he's that. And, you know, I always say to people, like, you should give everyone a chance to get to know their story and know where they come from and who they are. You shouldn't really judge people from the first impressions. And that's what I've learned to do myself. You know, a lot of people like to judge people. And that's why I struggled in the Big Brother house you know, a lot of people judge me for where I was, you know, the, my job role, the way I looked, the way I was. Let's look a bit at the modelling side of you now. When you're going into an industry like that, which is so dog-eat-dog, and it's so about your body image, and it's so about who looks better on that personal day, and, you know, you're competing with everyone. In the modelling industry, they expect you to be a certain size, they expect you to be in a certain shape, so you are always got to keep yourself in good nick. Um, you know, you face a lot of rejections. You know, when you go to these castings, they could be like, oh, his shoulder's too big or it looks too funny. Like, you know, it, it does obviously knock you down in the, in the confidence-wise. But, like, you know, as the days and the times have gone on, you know, they're, they're not as mean with it. They just tell you, no, we don't want him. Or they say, yes, we want him. So, you know, as the time gone on and the years have gone on, they're not allowed to be, like, you know, say negative things about you anymore because, you know, it could affect you. Five years forward, you then go and do Big Brother. You last two weeks in the house. You've been out for nearly a week now. How do you look at your time in the house? And did you achieve everything you wanted to achieve when you went in there? Yeah, I felt like, you know, I'd showed my true colours. But unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of the times where, you know, that, you know, I, I grew self-confidence growing up in school and going through other jobs I've had. You know, I taught myself how to learn English, watching YouTube videos. I taught myself English, watching movies and subtitles. So I still do all that now. My self-confidence, I've watched a lot of podcasts I listen to, you know, motivational speaking, how to grow self, you know, gain self-confidence and stuff. But being in the Big Brother house, you know, I felt like I was myself. I was 100% genuine. And, you know, I always mentioned to myself, like, I know what it feels like to be left out. I know what it feels like not to be included. And that's why... When I seen the people sat by themselves, I'd always check up on them. I'd always speak to everyone in the household. I just made sure everybody felt included because I knew how it felt being left out. So then everyone in the household was like, oh, Zach is too nice, isn't he? Zach's like, I think he's playing a game. I don't think he's being genuine. He's always like checking up on me. He's always checking up on everyone. I don't think, I think he's playing a game. That's what everybody thought. And that's what unfortunately got me voted out because I said, you know, I was being too nice in the house and I didn't believe it was true. But, you know, I felt like I delivered the message. I felt like a lot of people, you know, I've had over like 10,000 messages um, on Instagram saying you was great. I, I do believe that you was genuine and, you know, I wish you could stay there a little bit longer. It's boring without you. Like, I think like you was the only real person in there. So, you know, I've had a really, really great and positive feedback. And, you know, I managed to show the world how great my mum was, how great my story was. Um, a lot of people said they could relate to the things I was talking about because there were moments they shared, you know, the softer side and and the stories they shared. They did show that, but they didn't show all the times where I was with, like, Ying Ran. I was with, like, Henry, Jordan. You know, I had a really, like, you know, moments with them and they didn't televise it, unfortunately. They, you know, they gave me this, like, this alpha character. But also, they gave me the softer side here and there as well. But I just wish they showed my softer side just a little bit more. But nevertheless, I feel like they did a great job. The welfare team was really good they checked up on me that you know there's they did a great job i can't fault them
hopefully on today's episode of Security and Secure, people have got to see your softer side. Thanks to Zach from Big Brother for opening up on his mental health journey through Big Brother and beyond. You've been watching or listening to Security and Secure. If you like what you heard, please do give a five-star rating, leave a review and click that subscribe button. It's so important. We keep... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Read in the word, it's okay to not be okay on social media at Johnny Seifer 92 on TikTok, at Johnny Seifer at Skinnyscope Podcast on Instagram, and at Johnny Seifer on Twitter. Let's keep spreading the word, it's okay to not be okay throughout the week. And I'll be back next week with another reality star to tell their story.